Hey, Purpose Church Claremont. Uh, hope you guys are doing well. Um, today is Monday. I hope you're having a great Labor Day, actually. Um, hey, I just wanted to share real quick, um, like I say every time, this is actually the quicker side. Can you imagine if I say that, I'd still go on for 25 minutes um, or 85 minutes? You never know. But um, just real quick, from today's reading, um, part of the reading was in Philippians. So we looked at the first chapter of Philippians a lot, as well as looking through Esther. Um, but especially looking at Philippians chapter 1, um, verse 29 and 30. So let's pray, and we'll we'll talk about it just for a little bit. Jesus, thank you so much for your word. And I pray that you would speak in such a way and that you remind us of things that are so necessary in order that our relationship with you is deeper and our lives are eternally changed. God, we love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So you got to remember, Philippians is written by Paul to a bunch of Christians in Philippi while he's under house arrest because he's a follower of Jesus. Um, when you get to verse 21, it's one of my favorites. In fact, I highlighted in my Bible, for to me to live as Christ, to die as gain. In other words, he's sitting there going, man, I'd, if I was to weigh the options, I'd rather be dead and with Jesus, um, which isn't bad. He's not depressed. This is known as the letter of joy. He's just like, out of the two, man, that is so much better. But he says, but I know that I'm still here for a purpose. So that will mean fruitful labor. You get down to verse 27, <clears throat> which I also highlighted. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, that the whole reason why we live is that we live our lives in a manner worthy of Jesus. It's first and foremost um, Jesus that we live for, not the applause of people, not according to the ideologies of other, like a person or a group of people or uh, political viewpoints. No, no, it's always about just for the manner of the life. Like only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Jesus, this good news of Christ. Then you jump down to verse 29. And it's just, it's when you, when you read it, if you just kind of go over it, you, you miss a bunch of it. He says, For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, so our believing in Jesus is granted to us, but also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had and now hear that I still have. Guys, it's been granted to us. Think about our, our knowing Christ, our believing in Jesus is granted to us. But the same word is used when it talks about suffering. Watch it again. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. It's been granted to us. And so I looked up that word granted. Let me just read out the definition. The word, uh, the word granted means to do something pleasant or agreeable to one, to do a favor, to gratify, to show one's self gracious, kind, benevolent, to grant forgiveness, to pardon, to give graciously, give freely, to bestow, to forgive, um, to graciously restore one to another, uh, to preserve for one a person in peril. Guys, when you read that, it really is it's this word that's used for good. And yet here you say, here you see Paul saying, it has been granted to you for the sake of Christ. You should not only believe in him, that's one thing, but also it's been granted to you that you should also suffer for his sake. Friends, we have to remember there's a purpose in suffering. There's a purpose in what God is doing in us. He's disciplining us as children that he loves. You read Hebrews chapter 12 
And I'm so thankful the Bible actually says that no discipline is enjoyable in the moment, but it brings about something that's good for us. You see Romans chapter 5. We looked at it yesterday. We looked at 1 Peter chapter 1. I think it was 6 through 9. And then we flipped over to Romans chapter 5, 3 to 5. And it talks about the fact that we don't just rejoice in the, in the, the fact that we've been reconciled to God. We have peace with God. But we also rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character. Character produces hope. Because there's truth in that statement, there's a purpose beyond suffering. I go to James chapter one and verse two that I can consider all things. Like I can, I can I'm sorry, I can consider, I can, I, I can with joy look upon the suffering that I'm going through and consider it with pure joy whenever I face trials of many kinds. Like pure joy doesn't mean I laugh and think it's all great, but I can have a perspective of going, wait, wait, wait. I know that this is difficult. I know I'm going through something so hard. I've never had experienced this before, but God. You're doing something in me that you've never done before because you're using something that you've never used before. Guys, we have to remember there's a purpose in the suffering that we face. It's been granted to us. Even in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul is talking about there was, uh, actually in chapter 12, there was given to him a, a, a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to keep him from becoming conceited. He begged, he begged God, please take this away three different times. And Jesus' response was, no, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And what was Paul's response? So he does it say, well, he just kept praying and kept begging and pleading and begging and pleading. Or did he realize that what Jesus was saying there was, no, I'm not going to heal you. What I want you to do is I want you to learn to celebrate your weakness and to live and to ex- like to acknowledge the, your weakness in order that you can experience the power and strength of God. So that's what he says. He's, he goes, okay, so I asked three different times. He's, and Jesus said, hey, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And so what did Paul say? So I'm going I'm to celebrate. I'm going yeah, I'm I'm to rejoice in the fact that I've got weaknesses and I'll, and I'll rejoice in insults and hardships, persecutions, um, calamities. He says, why? Because when I'm weak, then I am strong. If you were to look over your life, when you, especially for those that are followers of Jesus, when you look over your life and you see what it is you've gone through, can you see how it is that God has brought you through it? I can't tell you how often I'll talk to people and I'll hear their story and and then I hear it's been difficult and, and then I'll ask them, okay, would you trade it? Like, would you trade what it is that you went through knowing what you have learned about God because of it? And all, it's like nine times out of ten, if not all, have I said I wouldn't trade it. The stuff that we've gone through as a family that's been hard and super difficult, I wouldn't trade it. As hard as it is, I don't want to do it again. Don't get me wrong. But I wouldn't trade it. Why? Because I didn't know that Jesus and I could be this tight. That it wasn't just granted to me that I should know Christ. It was granted to me that I might suffer for him as well. It's, a, it's, 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 it's good. It's for our good. And I know that might be a tough pill to swallow. I get that. But we always want to go to what the scriptures say rather than how well we can receive it. When the scriptures are pretty clear. And again, Philippians chapter 1, it shows it here. You go to Romans chapter 5. You go to... James chapter 1, um, you go to Hebrews chapter 12, there's other, uh, you go to First Peter chapter 1, I think also in chapter 4 he mentions suffering, in chapter 5 he mentions suffering, and that the God of all comfort will himself restore you. I mean, it's like, it's mentioned throughout the scripture, in fact, the Bible's just kind of, it seems like it's a book of suffering, and yet God uh, inter, interwoven, him, like he's in all of it, and he's working through it and bringing people out of it. So friends, if you're going through a really difficult time, and more than, more than what 2020 is for everyone, and it's, it's a weird time, I get it, but I'm talking about on top of that, on top of the, how hard things are already, 
On top of that, you're facing things that are super difficult, and this is the hardest season you've ever experienced. You can ask God, please take it away. Paul did. If it doesn't go away, then maybe the next part is, okay, then I'm going to I'm gonna rejoice, or I'm going to acknowledge and rejoice in my weaknesses, hardship, persecutions, calamities. I'm going to do all that. Why? Because when I'm weak, I'm strong. When I'm weak, I get to rely upon the strength of God and experience God like I never would have if I had never had to go through this. So friends, I know it's a difficult time. Hang in there. It's all worth it. I promise Jesus is worth it. And his, his design and his plans for us are great and good. So I hope that's an encouragement to you. Guys, I love you more than you know, and we'll talk soon. All right, take care.